This is Sable from Orange County, California. I would rather walk on broken glass that had been sharded out of a rampaging hippopotamus than listen to I Doubt It with Dalimore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Welcome to the show number 217 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dalamore, sitting across from me, stressed out of her goddamn mind. Because there's one more day of the semester of graduate school for my lovely co-host, Brittany Page. I've been telling everyone that this week I have a total of over 40 pages and research papers due. (laughs) And how many pages left? You know. Remain to to write. We aren't going to talk about that. (laughs) Because I will go into a full-on panic attack. You have, I have to admit, you have been uncharacteristically procrastinative. Is that a word? Procrastinative? It sounds good. Procrastinative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds even better. You really have. You've been kind of a lazy turd. Not <sighs> lazy, just avoidant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. You got a lot of work ahead of you, and it's due Tuesday. No. No, it's not all due on Tuesday. Oh. Yeah. I was under the impression. No. So I have a 12-page research paper presentation and handout due on Tuesday. All right. And then I have two other research papers due on Friday and oh. and my thesis proposal presentation due on Friday. You have plenty of time. I wouldn't call Why it plenty of time out? because it is over 40 pages of things to write. <laughs> You're fine. Okay. Yeah. Well. You're fucking fine. We'll Calm see. down. It's just your life. It's only your career. Yeah. Come on. Who cares? Well, it's also bad when I can't get anything below an A. That's just my my well, my minimal not, goal right, is an A. That's a Brittany Page construct. Mm-hmm. Because you haven't gotten anything lower than a than an A. Didn't you get an A minus and you were pissed off about it? I did. I got an A minus. Yeah. Yeah. Really weirdo. It was like insulting. Insulting, Mm -hmm. huh? Well, maybe you should have worked harder. That's true. Tried a little harder. That is factual, sir. You know, your performance should have been a little bit more perfect. Yes. I agree. (laughs) I'm the worst. I am the worst. The worst. Yes. Goddamn. All right. Well, let's, we're going to do things a little differently here. We're going to get to a couple of voicemails and an email, and then we're going to move in. We're going to forego kind of our opening salvo, which is usually, well, I guess, kind of what we just did in the intro segment. Because mm-hmm. I want to talk about this entire, tr- you know, I'm jumping the gun. Look at me. Jumping. Maybe that was just a taste, a tease yeah. of what's to come. <laughs> but let's move on with a voicemail from a couple of listeners. Hi, this is Laura and John from Northern California, and we never listen to Dollamore, although we are leaving a voicemail for Dollamore. You guys are awesome, and we love listening to the podcast, 
and we just wanted to recommend a movie to you guys on Netflix. I don't know if you've already watched it. It's called Look Who's Back, and it's kind of a satirical movie about if Hitler had just kind of appeared where his um, his uh, bunker was in modern-time Berlin and kind of how the German people react to Hitler um, nowadays. And it's very, very interesting, and we highly recommend it to you guys. And um, we love the show, and <clears throat> since we want females to be on equal parts with males, you're both the best part. <clears throat> Have a great day. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she said something about we're both the best part, which triggers. It's just an instinct for me now just to click the goddamn button uh-huh. of love the show. Brittany's the best part. Mm-hmm. Well, I like this equality thing. Yeah. That's great. Y- you're appreciative of the equality. I am. And I cannot wait to watch this Netflix movie next week. It's always dangerous when people start making movies about Hitler that aren't that aren't uh, documentaries. Yeah. I just got your joke, by the way. Yeah. Just now. Okay. That next week after the onslaught of school. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Laura and John, John's kind of quiet. He yeah, didn't, he, he didn't, didn't talk, talk very much, <laughs> even though that was a voicemail from <laughs> Laura and John. Yeah. He was just kind of a, he's a quiet fella. Well, I do that too. Like when I go places, I say, well, Brittany and Jesse's here. So I just speak for you. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks a lot for the recommendation. And the voicemail. We appreciate you guys listening. And uh, and the equality. And the equality. All right. On with the next voicemail related to Brittany and her terror Uh-oh. on an elevator. Hey, guys. Uh, this is, my name's Mike. Uh, this is in regards to uh, the last podcast and uh, Brittany's unfortunate um, journey up the elevator. Uh with the hot air passing through the poop. <laughs> um, if I can give any defense to the gentleman uh, or the gentlewoman, we don't know exactly uh, what sex this person was. Um, if it was as bad as you smelled it, you said it might have been, the person was obviously sick. There's a good chance they may have not been a fart. Uh, <laughs> something way worse. They could have exposed their... Uh, their issue into their pants. Uh, so you could have actually smelled that. Um, That's worse. But also, if they were that sick, they could have just been a explosively charged fart, which is really hard to contain. So I'm not defending this person, but I've been in a situation where you've been that sick and you're stuck in a situation where you can't really uh, remove yourself. Um, it's, I feel for the person, that's what I'm saying. So... There should be a little bit of maybe slight more empathy towards the situation. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Mike, Uh, how dare you? No, let me tell you something. Thank you, Mike, very much. I like that our listeners get it. No, this is... This is offensive. You need more empathy, Brittany Page. You know, I feel sorry for Mike because apparently he's had some real bad sitches. Hey, he is my compatriot, (laughs) he and I. He... He understands the plight of those who maybe aren't as discriminating about what they eat on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. That is awesome. Also, thank you for making it worse in my head in describing how much worse it could have oh, been yeah, that's way or worse. might have been, I guess. That's, that goes beyond just like fart particles. That's poo particles. 
just those are heavy molecular organization. I mean, that's terrible. <sighs> yeah, you have that inside of you. No, yeah, you do. You now have oh, stop that, that person's microscopic flex of diarrhea in your body. You've ingested that, Mike. I don't you appreciate may, you what you've done. You may as well have taken spoonfuls. Oh, please! <laughs> just scraped it right out of their underwear. That's enough. This is enough. As if the original story wasn't bad enough. Right. Now right. you're inflicting this on people. Let's bring this down a little bit, and let's get to the email, which will lead us to what would have been our intro, if that makes any sense at all. This is from Mateo. As stupid as North Carolina's decision is, it is only endemic of the fear that people feel about the rapid shift in more inclusive rights and recognition of all members of the LGBT community into mainstream society. This is the opportunity to address this childish behavior and perhaps hold the federal government to task to recognize the LGBT community beyond the legislation that is already in place. My understanding that classifying a person's sex as male or female is left to the jurisdiction of the states. That has to change. I think it will change, inevitably, the way it took time for people to adjust to segregation. I don't know if it is at all possible, though, to change people's hearts through much-needed legislation. I don't know if making more laws is the answer. That being said, the North Carolina governor is an idiot. <laughs> uh, we agree there. Certainly we agree there. I, I would say I got a couple of points here. I agree with you wholeheartedly, although I do believe that through legislation, we can affect people's um, their bead on morality, if you will. We did it through the Civil Rights Act that just it becomes a, it's a generational process, though. It's not like you pass the law and then all the old fuddy duddies like, oh, well, I guess they were right. We were wrong. It's their children become accustomed to living in a non-segregated society, mm -hmm. and that's the norm. It's totally normal, and, and that's the way it is. And so it's going to have to be the same thing. It won't be an overnight shift. It'll be maybe not generational, but it'll take years. But that's the role of government. It's to take on those types of, you know, the United States is going to be around for a long time. We shouldn't be passing legislation because of, looking at only six months down the line. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The other thing is, the reason this trans issue is an issue at all with these, like Pat McCrory from the governor of North Carolina, is these are older people who they would contend, well, we didn't have a problem with trans people when I was a kid. Trans people didn't exist when I was a kid. It's only because of a very permissive society that this is even a thing. And the reason that that is the thing is because trans people had to keep their fucking mouths shut about what their quote unquote problem was, or they'd be shunned. They would be ostracized by a backward society of the 1950s, 60s, 70s, even 80s. Mm -hmm. It's only become when we're more open and understanding of gender fluidity or whatever in a modern science heavy society that it's become more, we're, we're more aware of it because people are able to come out and live their lives as they are. They don't have to hide in the shadows anymore. However, North Carolina and several agencies or organizations, groups, if you will, 
they are pushing back right now. There is an organization called the Alliance Defending Freedom, and they have put out a YouTube video that Brittany was sent this week. Right. And, you know, it sounds great. Alliance for Protecting Freedom. You're like, yeah, that's great. What they're talking about is religious freedom. And again, we always talk about this on the show. What is religious freedom code for? Taking away gays' rights. Yes. So that's what this whole organization is dedicated to. Well, the video consists of several different women telling their stories in an attempt, making an effort to change the minds of people or to reinforce their views, probably more, about making it illegal for trans men and women to use the bathroom that they prefer. Here is the first story. I only I only pulled three of the clips. There's probably five or six people in the video, and I just grabbed a few, and we can talk about their particular point of view. Very emotional. When I was 10 years old, I began to take swimming lessons. I loved swimming lessons, and unfortunately, I had some sort of problem where I kept getting cramps in my legs. The coach called me to the side of the pool and told me to get out, and he said to go with him into the locker room because he would help me take care of that problem. And I was a very trusting 10-year-old. I'd never had any reason not to trust adults, and especially people in positions like that. He began to massage my legs uh, higher until he started abusing me. He told me that it was normal. This was how he was helping me. Uh, Eventually, I quit swim lessons. I just knew something wasn't quite right. I kept getting funny looks from the girls in the pool. Even after I quit swimming lessons, I would wake up in the middle of the night with cramps in my legs and a sense of terror. So as far as I know, he was never arrested, never called to account for it. And I think about the countless victims from this man in the locker room. And back then, men were not allowed in women's locker rooms. The only reason he had access was that he was the swim coach. So, very tragic, very upsetting. Absolutely. I mean, anybody with a heart is going to have empathy for this woman who endured a a terrible thing. When you initially introduced the clip, though, as, you know, these are some stories to address the bathroom bills, people were probably thinking, oh, well, these are going to be stories about transgender individuals abusing people in bathrooms. Exactly. No. In fact, none of the stories in this video are about transgender individuals abusing people in bathrooms. At all. It is about grown men abusing people in locker rooms and bathrooms. So you heard her make that point that back then men weren't allowed in bathrooms. That's what I was getting ready to say. I wrote it down. Back then men weren't allowed in locker rooms, in Mm -hmm. in women's locker rooms. Well, the question that follows naturally is how would these current modern day trans bills that would exclude trans people from using the bathroom of their choice – how would these bills have affected her situation? Right. If if men weren't allowed in locker rooms anyway, how did it was because of a coach? Mm-hmm. So her example, as tragic 
and traumatic and terrible as it is, how would it have been changed in today's light with this legislation we're talking about? Right. And note that there's already laws against molesting people. Yes. So if he didn't care about the law about molesting people, is he going to care about a law that says that he can't go in the locker room? Well, it's listen, this is where talking through these issues with logic and reason, it really matters. And I find it funny, more amusing than funny, I guess, that Republicans and conservatives and the religious who who defend the right of people to keep and bear arms using logic like, well, there's already laws against murder. Mm-hmm. Why make a, a bill? It's the same logic where there already are laws against assaulting children and against rape. What is making them... It's already an unlocked door. Right, because liberals say, well, I want gun control because I want to prevent people from getting guns. Conservatives say, hey, if someone wants to get a gun, they're going to get a gun. Yes. And this is the same kind of argument. It's, hey, I want legislation to prevent people from going in bathrooms. Hey, if someone wants to go in a bathroom, they're going to go in a bathroom. That's exactly right. So. Yeah. All right. Well, clip number two. When the abuse started, I was eight years old. And... There was many exposures to pornography. There was many times of seeing them naked before any piece of clothing was removed uh, from me. It progressed to rape, full rape. It, It continued until I was 10, and it was another victim who spoke up and spoke up at school and said something was going on that it came to light. I've only been telling my personal story publicly for a few months. I don't enjoy it. This is not something that I want to do. I I do it a little under protest, but I do it because I know there are so many kids out there. There are so many kids out there already being abused. There's so many kids out there that pedophiles, they're just looking for a chance. It is an addiction like no other. And yet we've just created a a law that makes it easier for them to access their victims. I have no doubt that the person who abused me would have been more than willing to use that as access as well. No doubt. So again, horribly tragic. I mean, this story, you can hear the pain in her voice and it's horrible what happened to her. Um, This story confuses me in terms of how it's related to the bathroom bill. Um, yeah. So again, they're using these stories to appeal to emotion. But if you really get down under there and think, well, what is this supposed to mean as it relates to this bathroom bill? I think that that point is lost. How will banning trans? How how is banning Caitlyn Jenner from using a woman's bathroom? How is that going to avoid and prevent? What happened, what terribly, the thing that, the the terrible thing that happened to this poor woman, it's not going to affect it. It's not going to prevent it. Well, and they keep acting like these bills are just opening the door for anyone to go in anywhere. Right. And what the trans community is advocating is that they can use the bathroom that matches their gender. 
That's right. So, you know, if you speak to people in the trans community who are advocating this, you would never know that underneath they have a different sex organ, let's say. You would never know that if you're in the bathroom next to them. And so they're acting like they're going to be walking into the bathroom. A a woman will walk into the bathroom and there will be someone who looks like a man and they're going to be fearful because they've been a victim of sexual abuse. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting from these stories. Mm -hmm. And that is unfortunate, but I don't think that that is the situation that's being advocated. Well, she's she's making it sound as though, and the people who are making this argument are also making it sound as though a pedophile is going to have an urge for a child, which they will, but the abuse that they would, would inflict upon that child will be stemmed. It will be curbed because, ah, oh, I really want to rape that little girl or that little boy, but I can't go in that bathroom, so, oh. Oh, well, I guess I won't. It doesn't make any sense. Right. They're acting like it's opening the door. A predator is going to be a predator. Whether or not there's a law about going in a bathroom. Right. So they're making this opening the door argument. But, you know, kids are kidnapped walking down the street. Right. Women are raped when they're fully clothed. You know, people are harmed in all kinds of different situations. This isn't opening the door. Well, it's it's a it's a silly argument to think that a, a criminal, a victimizer, is going to uh, not commit the more serious crime for fear that they might get busted committing the far lesser crime. It's like, oh, a guy who doesn't have a driver's license, he's not going to rob a bank because, oh, I don't want to get caught not having a driver's license. I, I can't drive a getaway car, mm-hmm. so I can't rob the bank. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Clip number three. I was told there was a junior high student that wanted to use the opposite bathroom. So the school district decided to make the policy that all the bathrooms were gender neutral. My children don't want to use the bathrooms anymore. That is huge for a child that's been sexually abused. I have six children currently. I've adopted five. They have unfortunately gone through some major things in their little lives, some sexual abuse. My one daughter has a lot of accidents. That's embarrassing to her, obviously, at her age. One reason that she has many accidents during the school day is because going to the bathroom, even with girls, that's huge for her to be able to pull down her pants because that's how she was abused. And if she doesn't feel safe, she's not going to use the bathrooms. Again, horrible. Yeah, anybody who doesn't have sympathy for these stories is heartless. They're not really thinking about other people. We're not saying that. These are tragic, terrible tales. Right, but they just don't really relate to this issue. I mean, as far as I see it. They're not addressing what what's at stake and what's at hand right now. Right. And especially this one, because this woman is saying that her daughter has trouble going to the bathroom, even just in a girl's bathroom. Just even with other girls around, traditional girls. So it is, I'm not, especially with this one, I'm not really seeing the, the connection. Right. What they're doing is like all the others, they're using emotionality and people's natural empathy 
to make their argument, even though they're not connecting the dots. And I want I want to say this, which is, you know, conservatives started this. Um, That's right. Well, they're they're trying to address a problem that doesn't exist. Right. So they started rolling out this legislation. They've started this mess. And now it's becoming this massive problem. And until they did that, no one had a problem. That's right. No one had a problem. And they are. They are thrashing the bushes. They are shaking the trees and getting people fired up over this issue. Here is a clip of a woman with her giant family. In the clip, she talks about how she's a mother of 12. Whoa. And she is marching through a Target department store, Bible held high, screaming at the top of her lungs about the bathroom bill, especially where it relates to Target. Attention Target customers! Do not be deceived. Target would have you believe with their Mother's Day displays that they love mothers and children. This is a deception. This is not love, and they've proven it by opening their bathrooms to perverted men. I am a mother of 12, and I am very disgusted by this wicked practice. Target does not protect mothers and children. Mothers, get your children out of this store. Mothers have enough decency to get out of this store. It's a dangerous place. This is not loving. What Target has done is very hateful. It's hateful towards families. It's hateful towards mothers. It's hateful towards children. America, when are you going to wake up? When are you going to stand up for the right things, America? Are you going to let the devil rape your children, America? It's time to stand up and have a voice. Instead of bowing to the homosexual perverted agenda that's taking over this nation. You need to run and flee this place. I wouldn't spend a penny of my money here. This is wicked. This is confusion. This is twisted. This is abominable in the sight of God. Wicked target. Wicked target. Wicked target. That is the opposition, folks. That is a, a manifestation of the religious right. And I, they're not even, that's not even an extreme viewpoint in Christianity. I grew up with those people. I don't know who these people are, but these are the type of people with whom I grew up. I was taught by in the churches that I attended by these types of people. So I think the most notable word that she used there was confusion. Oh, I thought you were going to say perverted men. No, I'm going to go a different way. So confusion. Yeah, I think that she feels confused. And I think that she doesn't feel comfortable in that state, right? Sure. And I think it's also likely that she believes that the earth is fewer than 10,000 years old and that global warming is a hoax. Science and data and research and facts don't matter to these people. So it makes it makes it very tough to have a conversation to make a cogent argument with them. 
Well, I think she's probably more comfortable where there is no change. Yeah. Where there is no complication. Sure. Where there is no trying to really work things out and talk about it. Well, there's no nuance in her life. Exactly. Yeah. And so she's confused. And that's why she's walking through the Target yelling about the devil raping children, which <laughs> if I was in that Target. God damn. And that's a clip that's getting isolated. I had, had didn't do it because it didn't strike me to. But I, you just reminded me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, if there were children around hearing this, well, she had all of her kids. Yeah, with she her. had her gaggle of idiots with her. Well, those are her kids, which well, they're bound to grow up to be idiots. Well, no. Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I think you're totally wrong and totally pessimistic in that because look at you. I I know. And look at me. I was going to say that. I escaped it. And there are many people who have escaped indoctrination of many different types. It doesn't mean ultimately they will be idiots. Right. I was an idiot for a long time until I... Uh, some light switch flipped on or whatever happened and I was able to receive new information. I, well, it was when I abandoned God. Well, let's just say confused. And uh, right. so they're confused. But they You're also... Right. I, I am being a dick. Well, these people, ha- these kids... She has 12 kids, right. and this is the kind of shit that they've been hearing their whole life. Yeah. Now, imagine how difficult it is to grow up in an environment like that where yeah. this is all you've been taught and i'm sure that when they bring home contradicting evidence it's dismissed it is called the devil don't get raped by the devil with that book that is saying something in opposition you know what i mean yeah. and that's a lot to take on that's a heavy burden so it's a bummer for those kids so here we're going to end this with a news story that just happened this week in illinois that involves believe it or not a, a trans woman who is choking and terrifying a eight-year-old girl in a restaurant bathroom. Yeah, actually, it was uh, just a regular dude. It was, <laughs> it was a man. Of course, it was just a man, some asshole, who choked and dragged a girl into a bathroom to try to assault her. Again, he's already committing a crime. So police in Chicago say a man choked an eight-year-old girl until she passed out in the bathroom of a restaurant. The girl was with her mother at Jason's Deli restaurant in Chicago's South Loop when she went by herself to use the restroom. Her mom reportedly heard a scream from the bathroom and ran in to find a man carrying her unconscious daughter into a stall. God damn. He's 33 years old, and he was subdued by others inside the eatery until police arrived. The girl was hospitalized, and there's been no word on her condition. So tell me, Governor Pat McCrory, how would your bathroom bill in North Carolina have prevented this? How? The answer, it wouldn't have. This man did a criminal assault on a child... And your bathroom bill wouldn't have prevented this. Well, that's the other thing that's kind of confusing is with these bathroom things, it would already be unusual to walk into a bathroom and see this dude here. I'm looking at his face, the one that choked this eight-year-old. To walk in and see this dude standing in the bathroom, right. it would be like, um, is he getting ready to choke me? Yeah, like, well, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, he looks like someone who's in there to do some damage. So 
it's unusual for that to happen already. It's kind of like a a social norm. Listen, even if you see, you go into a bathroom, ladies, and you see a masculine woman, a trans woman in there, they're, they're there to do their biz. They're not there scoping out everybody and uh, they want to get in and get out just like everybody else. They're not the problem. If there is a problem, it's 33-year-old, what's-his-name in Chicago, who's choking eight-year-olds. The bill, again, wouldn't have prevented this. It wouldn't have done anything to stop this from having happened. Ugh. And again, conservatives started this whole problem by making legislation and drawing attention to it when there was never a problem to begin with. Right. All right. Tell us what you think. We really do want to hear from you. 657-464-7609. As always, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We really do want to hear. We want to have a conversation about this. Um, we didn't even get into the locker room stuff, but we've got to move on because I do believe, maybe we'll save this for next time, I do believe there is some merit to some of the locker room. I'm getting myself in trouble here because we're going to stop talking and everyone's going to be outraged. Um, But I listen, I think not looking at all sides of this with logic and reason is is not fair to to the issue. It's not fair to America. It's not fair to how we address sensitive topics. And this is, it is new for the country. Yeah, it is a new area. It's a new area to be discussed. And it should be discussed openly, calmly, and... Yeah, and respectfully. And respectfully, yeah. So let's, let's, let's table this. We'll talk about the locker room thing next time. Maybe I'll pull some clips and... and, and and maybe we'll have somebody on. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out. If you have a recommendation, let us know. You know how to get a hold of us. All right. Let's cover our one issue in follow-up. And we talked about it last time. The, the, the internet auction for George Zimmerman's gun. Well, if you... <laughs> Any time that you're going to have George Zimmerman and an auction for a gun, and those things take place on the internet, things are going to go a little wiry, a little askew. And it seems as though they have. And there are new developments tonight in a controversial online auction some are calling disgusting and racist. George Zimmerman auctioning the gun he used to kill Trayvon Martin. Zimmerman putting the gun back up for sale after another auction website took it down. Some bidders trying to disrupt the sale with wild offers up to $65 million. Here's ABC's Matt Gutman. Tonight, the internet strikes back. Trolls with mocking names like racist McShootface jamming George Zimmerman's gun auction. Zimmerman set the opening bid for the handgun he used to kill Trayvon Martin in 2012 at $5,000. He described the gun as a piece of American history, using pictures from his 2013 murder trial. He was acquitted. Earlier, Zimmerman was reached by phone dismissing his critics. They're not going to be bidding on it, so I couldn't care less about them. But then they did start bidding by the dozens with names like Weed Lord and Stonewall McCracker triggering a fictitious bidding war with offers topping $65 million. 
So many hijacked the account that the website, United Gun Group, a small website with a big-sounding name, creaked to a stop under the immense traffic. Zimmerman has also vowed to use proceeds to bring on the demise of groups like Black Lives Matter and the policies of people like Hillary Clinton. We know of one legitimate bid, a man from Georgia who says he wants to buy the gun to keep it out of the hands of racists, but he's only willing to pay George Zimmerman's asking price, $5,000. Tom. Matt, thank you. Racist McShootface. Yeah, that's a, that is a choice screen name. That is pretty inventive. Racist McShootface. Mm-hmm. What's your name, sir? I'm Racist McShootface. <laughs> Oh, your parents, they didn't like you very much, did they? Oh, God. <laughs> so, who knows where this is going to... I mean, I don't know. Did the did they land on what would be a legitimate bid? How do they... Because clearly $93 million for a Glock or whatever kind of gun it was, that's eh, a little over the asking price. You know what I mean? Right. I'm assuming that all of that was fake and people just bidding and getting the number up there and it's I, I just going to be taken down again well they could probably weed it out by people who had accounts with the website prior to the auction you know and, and if anybody put a bid on it who is a long-standing member of the website mm-hmm. i don't know i mean i don't really care about the logistics of how george zimmerman is going to get money for this so. right yeah <laughs> he is racist mcshootface maybe it was him mm-hmm. all right Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Well, what I am going to do, we are going to get to this a little later in the Dollamocracy segment. Um, the Washington Post audio, you may have heard about Donald Trump acting as though he's a guy named John Miller and John Barron. Well, he has denied this. Right. Well, there is like 14, there is a bunch of audio of him, allegedly him. I don't want to get myself in trouble. He mm-hmm. did sue Bill Maher when Bill Maher said that his mom was an orangutan. <laughs> um, I'm going to re- put that audio out as a supplemental podcast that will follow episode 217. So you're going to have two things in your feed. That's what the other thing is. If you'd like to listen to the unabridged full version of the audio for yourself or to direct your friends to it, we, we would hope you'd direct your friends to the show all the time. That's what that is. Uh, I just wanted to talk about it here rather than, I guess I might mention it again. Who knows? Anyway, let's move on to the latest and greatest Donald Trumpery. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So the first thing that we're going to address was Donald Trump and his tax returns that he is continuing to refuse to release. He says he is having a routine audit. There was he's it's one of these deals. Oh, there's no red flags or anything. It's just a routine audit. 
in the same breath, he says he gets audited all the time and he has very wealthy friends who never get audited. Doesn't sound very routine if it's year after year after year. Well, the IRS has already said that there's zero issue with him releasing his tax returns while he's under audit and right. that it's completely his choice. Well, th- this is this is a tax return he's already filed. Mm-hmm. He's not going to amend it. The audit will have no effect on the outcome at all. The, the, the return is the return. It's what he filed. So there shouldn't be any problem with him releasing it to the American people to let us get our eyes on what kind of an effective tax rate he, he, he got that he paid, what kind of affiliations he has financially, where he has his money, all of those different things. Here is an extended audio clip, four minutes and 22 seconds. So if you've already heard him talk to George Stephanopoulos in its entirety related to his taxes, then go ahead and skip ahead. But here is the entire tax portion of their conversation in which he tells George Stephanopoulos that it's none of his goddamn business what effects what effective tax rate he pays. Let's talk about your tax return. Under new pressure from the Clinton campaign, Secretary Clinton talking about that the last couple of days. I just have a bottom line question for you. Yes or no, do you believe voters have a right to see your tax returns before they make a final decision? I don't think they do, but I I do say this. uh, I will really gladly give them. They're not going to learn anything, but it's under routine audit. When the audit ends, that should be before the election. I hope it's before the election. But when the audit ends, I've had even journalists say that, no, nobody should give until audits are over. I've had journalists say that. So I think uh, there's no uh, – I, I sort of have to laugh when Clinton says it. Mrs. Clinton said that uh, I should give my tax returns. What about all the missing emails that she's got? When is she going to give the missing emails or her Goldman Sachs speeches? When is she going to give that? Very, very great hypocrite. But. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I want to give it as soon as possible. As soon as the audit ends, I'll give it. I've been under audit. Every it, year they audit me. I have wealthy friends that never get audited. I get audited every single year. But as you, year. Know, as you know, Mr. Trump, the, the audit is, is no excuse. The IRS has made it very clear that an audit is not a bar to public release. It is entirely your choice. President Nixon, Richard Nixon, released his tax returns even though he was under audit. And when you were seeking a casino license in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, you released the returns to the state officials even though you were under audit. Uh, I am under audit now, and as soon as the audit ends, I'll release my returns. It's a very simple thing. If you look at at many others, many others feel the same way. And almost every lawyer will tell you the same thing. When you're under audit, you finish the audit before you release. I have no problem. And it should be, and I hope it's before the election. But, sir, if you were willing to and release... And, by the way, people are going to learn nothing. You know, I put in financials, 100 pages worth of financials, that show that I built a company that's worth more than $10 billion. It shows cash. It shows cash flows. It shows everything. You learn very little from tax returns. But, nevertheless, when the audit is complete, I will release. I have no problem with it. A couple it. of follow-ups to that, though. If you were willing to release your tax returns to get a casino license, why shouldn't voters see them before they make you commander-in-chief? Well, because at the time, it didn't make any difference to me. Now it does. If you take a look at the picture that uh, we sent you where the tax returns are probably 10 feet high when you stack them on top and linked and very complex. I built a massive business. 
sure that everything's perfect. It's a routine audit. I want to get through the audit first, and that's what I'll do. There have been many presidents that have not shown their tax returns. Uh, actually, every single nominee since 1976 has released right. their tax returns. Right, but before returns. 1976, people didn't do it. I mean, it used to be a secret thing. I don't want it to be secret, but I do want the audit to get finished. Be before that, Richard Nixon released his returns, as I said, even though they were under oath. But to get to your point, on the one hand, you show that stack of tax returns. On the other hand, you say that people can't learn anything from them. They can actually learn quite a lot. They can learn your sources of income. They can learn whether you have any foreign sources of income or whether you have any Swiss bank accounts or other offshore accounts. Do you? I'll tell you right now, I do not. And I don't have Swiss bank accounts. I don't have offshore. Uh, I really have a very, very clean company. And believe me, if I didn't, it would have been reported by uh, 200 groups because there's nobody that has more reporting or more scrutiny than I have. Uh, I've given my financials. They're extraordinary. Uh, the, and we would have read if they weren't. But believe me, when I released my financials, George, and we sent them down to federal elections, uh, there was a feeding frenzy by the media. And they reported, wow, that is a great company. And I have built a great, great company. And by the way, when you look at numbers, when you look at incomes, when you look at all of the things or most of the things that you talked about, that's reported on the financials. It's not reported on the financials. What the financials don't show also is your tax rate. They don't show whether you paid a low tax oh, well, rate or no tax rate. It's very hard rates. to pay as little tax as possible. And I've, I've said that for the last... Two years, I fight very hard because this country wastes our money. They take our tax money and they throw it down the drain. They spend $4 trillion in the Middle East and we can't fix a road or a bridge. And I fight very hard. I consider it an expense because, frankly, our country doesn't know what they're doing with our money or our tax money. And that's part of the problem. So I fight very hard to pay as little tax as possible. What is your tax rate? Uh, it's none of your business. You'll see it when I release. So... <laughs> This isn't required, right? Wow. But like George Stephanopoulos said, all major party presidential nominees have released their taxes for roughly the past four decades. Right. And that's he's not just saying presidents. That's both sides. The nominees right. have done so. Right. And I've seen a lot of Trump supporters commenting and saying, we don't need to see him. It doesn't matter. Okay. If, if it was Hillary Clinton... Or right. if it was Barack Obama, or if it was Bill Clinton, these they'd want it. It was it would be very important. Yeah, they would say, "What is he hiding? What is she hiding? What's going on? This is not okay." But somehow, for these Trump supporters, whatever he does is golden. It doesn't matter. He's not hiding anything. Well, they ignore all of the very important anomalies related to his positions, related to his life related to his character, related to his propositions. But it, 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 it drives me goddamn crazy. So I, I'm at a loss for words. That's another thing. When Donald Trump says, oh, several journalists have said that they understand that I'm under audit. That's why I'm not releasing. OK, I don't care what journalists are saying. The IRS has said it's not a problem. Not just that. The, those are the people who are reviewing Absolutely. your taxes, doing the audits. My problem, and this runs across the spectrum with the media, is why is the, the, the follow-up question not which journalists? Who? Right. Which ones? Right. Name them, because I'd like to talk to them. We want to talk to them. No, there's never the follow-up question. Well, and additionally, he keeps repeating this $10 billion line. Right. And last summer... Which is in question. Right. Last summer when Mr. Trump... I'm reading from the New York Times... <laughs> You're clearly not calling him Mr. Trump. Right. 
When he filed the personal financial disclosures required of presidential candidates, his campaign released a statement saying that he was worth more than, quote, $10 billion in all caps. So I'm sure that's how they did it. Um, When the 92-page document became public, the disclosures revealed that he had at least $1.4 billion in assets, including his real estate developments and golf clubs. Fortune recently pegged his worth at $3.72 billion, and Forbes calculated it at $4.5 billion as of September 2015. So no one has really reached this $10 billion figure. Right. This bold claim. Yeah. Which really doesn't matter anyway, but... We're going to be able to see through his tax returns, maybe not his total net worth, but certainly what his income was, what his you know projected value of that year was for him. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to maybe extrapolate backwards from that. I don't know. But he's saying, a financial it's, guy. he's saying it's none of your business. But it's none of our, if it's none of George Stephanopoulos' business as a member of the media, as a member of the United States press, he's ultimately, and also as a citizen, it's none of our business. And I don't believe that's the case. I I think there should be absolute, complete transparency with our leaders, especially if you want to be in government leading policy, financial policy that might affect you you and your business holdings. We need to know if there's going to be a, a conflict of interest. We need to know if what you're doing is only to benefit you or if it's truly altruistic and and even-handed for the country as a whole. Well, this particular scandal, if you will, this particular news item might be what caused the next one. It has been released, some audio has been released, like I spoke of earlier, from the Washington Post, which allegedly reveals likely reveals, possibly reveals, mm-hmm. covering my tracks here, <laughs> <laughs> not so adroitly, that Donald Trump used to, or we assume used to, pose as a man named John Miller and John Barron, which happens to be the name of his youngest son. Barron. Barron. He has a proclivity toward that name. And he used to pose as a PR person for Donald Trump, posing as someone else, talking about, quote unquote, himself. Mm -hmm. Here is an excerpt from the Today Show with Savannah Guthrie, where she's asking him about it. Mr. Trump, good morning to you. Good morning. Not sure if you have been made aware of this Washington Post report that's out this morning, but they have obtained a recording with a voice of someone that they say is in fact you, someone who's pretending to be a PR person. This is from 25 years ago. And let me play a portion of the tape for it for you. On this tape, the person on it talks about his dating exploits, goes on about his divorce, things like that. I guess the simple question this morning, are you aware of the tape? Is it you? No, I don't think it, uh, I don't know anything about it. You're telling me about it for the first time, and it doesn't sound like my voice at all. I have many, many people that are trying to imitate my voice, and uh, you can imagine that. And this sounds like one of the scams, one of the many scams. doesn't sound like me. The Post says that you acknowledged a couple decades ago that, in fact, that was you, but it was a joke. 
I don't think it was me. It doesn't sound like me. I don't know even what they're talking about. I have no idea. The Post also says this is something you did rather routinely, that you would call reporters and plant stories and say either you were John Miller or John Barron, but in fact it was actually you on the phone. Is that something you did with any regularity? No, and I, I, it was not me on the phone. It was not me on the phone. And it doesn't sound like me on the phone, I will tell you that. And it was not me on the phone. And when was this, 25 years ago? In the early 90s. But wow, yeah. you mean, you mean you're, you're going so low as to talk about something that took place 25 years ago about whether or not uh. I made a phone call? I guess you're saying under a presumed name. Yes, under, okay, under well, a presumed name. Okay, the answer is no. Uh, and let's get on to more current subjects. I mean, I know it's wonderful for your listeners, but I think we have more important things to discuss. Let me ask you this, Mr. Trump, this meeting. You had I love that he says team. you're going as low as to go back 25 years ago when this entire beginning of this, this month, he has spent attacking Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton based on things, which I believe is open game. I'm not saying he shouldn't. But he's going back 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, talking about the behavior of Bill Clinton With and how women. it relates and how it relates to to Hillary Clinton. But that's mm -hmm. that's also 25 years ago, 30 years ago. You're going back. So mm -hmm. you can't have your cake and eat it, too, there, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. His initial response as well was, well, I don't think that's me. Oh, I don't yeah. know anything about this. It's pretty simple. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think that was me. No, no, that's not me. That's not me. Nope, not me on the phone. Doesn't sound like me. I don't think it's me. No, it's not me. It's either definitive that you say no. What? Did I ever I imitate someone else to the Washington Post? Fuck no, I've never done that. Or it's, uh, I don't, uh, his vacillating is what makes me think it is him. And also, I guess. The voice. I think Washington Post is the organization that released it, but he was calling posing as his own PR. He's supposedly calling posing as his own PR agent. It's a good catch. To, <laughs> to People Magazine. Right. So here is three minutes and 38 seconds of audio to let you decide. Let the audience decide. Listen to the audio. Listen to the patterns of speech. He actually refers to someone's name in this three minutes and 38 seconds. Someone named Graham, but he doesn't say Graham like a normal person. He says Graham like Donald Trump. There's a lot of very consistent themes that run through this John Miller's speech pattern that absolutely directly mimic that of Donald Trump. Well, you think this John Miller would be really close to Donald Trump still to this day because he's intimately familiar with Donald Trump's daily events. Well, he's not just familiar with the daily events. He's familiar with exactly what decision-making patterns are going on inside his head and about what he thinks about Madonna and what he thinks about uh, other women. I mean, it's it's very likely possibly, allegedly, <laughs> Donald Trump. And in this clip, he is talking about uh, they, they're, they're, what they're talking about, to give you a context, because we're jumping right in the middle of a conversation. He's talking about um, the options that Donald ha Trump has with different women. We're not talking about business opportunities. We're talking about women. He's somebody that has a lot of options, and frankly, uh, you know, he gets called by everybody. He gets called by everybody in the book in terms of women. And, uh, like who? Well, he gets called by a lot of people. Yeah. And, and uh, 
everybody <laughs> john Barron. everybody good times mm-hmm. so notice when well first of all there's a couple things that i can tell you that i can tell you mm-hmm. Th- that's a donald trump thing mm-hmm. he says that all the time mm-hmm. he also says tremendous all the time did he say tremendous in there he said tremendous a couple times yeah and then when she starts asking about him personally quote unquote john miller he 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 pivots to 
Well, let me. Can I tell you some things off the record? Which is that's juicy for a reporter. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm going to get the deets because this is stuff that can't be written about. It's the real good stuff. And then he, she starts. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, tell me off the record and ignores the question of who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Where are you from? What firms have you worked with? He's like, oh yeah, I've worked with a couple firms. Well, which one? She asks. Right. He, this to me, in my humble opinion. Is Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right. So, Megan Kelly over at Fox News sat down with this lady that you just heard on the phone. On the other end of the conversation with John Miller. Right. She was talking to, quote unquote, John Miller, and they had a conversation about this exact situation whoever john miller may be we know one thing for sure the reporter in that 1991 audio tape is right here with me joining me now sue carswell she worked for people back when that tape was recorded and now she's a research reporter for vanity fair sue great to see you nice to see you megan what the hell what the hell i'm hometown girl <laughs> so you believe it was trump he faked it he faked being a, a well, PR he apologized person. afterwards and said he was sorry so he, he admitted says, to you. yes i mean and another phone call mm-hmm. but not during obviously during did the you conversation. say why did you do that yeah i i mean and he had no explanation just he just moves conversations you know conversations along and <laughs> so you call up Mar- marla maples and say is this trump was this trump he says he was john miller well is- i was trying to be a little bit more delicate what happened when you did that she cried she he was-, was saying i didn't want to give her a commitment yeah he, and he even talked about you know madonna being after him and Kim Basinger and just everyone calling Carla. I mean, who didn't call? What did you? And then he took you out after this yes. uh, as a form of apology. Yes, with Marla for fooling you with with Marla and another editor from People Magazine. So, okay, so that happened. And then when you heard him to deny it, because he's still denying it this morning on the Today Show, what was your reaction? Well, I think he should come clean and apologize to me now. Because now it's suggesting that you you misled us. Yeah, that I'm lying. I'm not lying. His denial was, you know, it was, that doesn't sound like me. It's, a, it's interesting, because if somebody called me up and said, did you call and pretend to be your own PR person? I would say, no, I never did. I, would, I have never done something like that, ever. I wouldn't say right. that doesn't sound like me. Right. So you, you, you don't believe him. Were you surprised to see him misleading? No, I'm not surprised to see him misleading. Of course not. I mean, I would probably be a little shocked that you know this came into my life or but the megan the main thing here is that i didn't leak the tape and there what? were two people on the conversation wait you t- you taped it because you're a reporter doing yeah and i lost the tape well, you were the only one with a copy of the tape yes when did you lose it back 25 years ago could somebody have stolen it no it was in my house and then i moved apartments so who else would have had a copy of the tape donald trump <laughs> Wait a minute. So you're suggesting you're suggesting Trump leaked this to the yes. Washington Post? Yes. Why? He got me. He's done stranger <laughs> things. Because he loves publicity? Yeah. So you're suggesting that he may want us talking about this right now because it generates a news cycle, perhaps? Hello, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Sue, it's been fascinating. Thank you. And I would contend that the reason... He leaked this. Could be, Brittany. <laughs> Allegedly. Brittany is very concerned. 
it could be because he is trying to distract from the tax return story, Mm -hmm. which really is the real story. Right. Ugh. What? Listening to the the insecurity of what what is going on. I know he is allegedly calling and talking about all these women that are calling him. I mean, imagine that. Believe me. Believe me. I'm desirable. I, women love me. Believe me. My dick is huge. Believe me. My hands are normal size. Believe me. Th- that I'll tell you. They're huge. And if you're... If you're wondering, I mean, isn't Donald Trump 69 years old? Yes. So if this is something that happened 25 years ago, he was 44 years old, allegedly doing this. Right. So. Listen, I. I, What does that say about him if he really did this? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. Well, there's he is. He is damaged. He's broken. He is incomplete. He is not capable, qualified in my judgment, to be the president of the United States. In other news this week, he is apparently in a reversal from his previous statements about a ban on all Muslims. Now he's saying, eh, I, that was just a suggestion. I wouldn't, I don't really, that wasn't what I really want to do. I was just, eh, I was just making a suggestion. Uh, let's move on and talk about something we talked about uh, together on the radio that's going to get a lot of news, and that is your Muslim ban. You said, we're going to stop uh, Muslim immigration until we find out what the hell's going on, you said. Um, and, and then you said, you walk back the other day and say, listen, that was a suggestion, but you're going to put together a commission headed by Rudy Giuliani. Would well, you like to expand on that? Yeah, it was a suggestion. Look, anything I say right now, I'm not the president. Everything is a suggestion. No matter what you say, it's a suggestion. I feel strongly we have to do something about, when you look at radical Islamic terrorism, we have a president that, as you guys, as you folks know very well, we have a president who won't even use the term. Right. For the World Trade Center, he won't use the term. All right. Well, right here, let's... Let's revisit with the magic of 2016 technology. Let's revisit that suggestion. The suggestion from Donald Trump. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. We have no choice. Suggestion, Brittany Page. We have no choice. Yeah, it's a suggestion. You hear it? Yeah, I'm wondering how many other things are a suggestion. So like when he said opening up the libel laws, was that just a suggestion? Maybe that's just a suggestion. How about the wall? His, His cornerstone issue. Is that also just a suggestion? I mean, I don't think that as a presidential candidate, the things that you're proposing um, can now just be labeled, oh, just a suggestion. Well, it's awesome. There's the one kind of heavy set guy, the guy I'd call a fat guy, who <laughs> on CNN, who's a person of size, a person of size. He's the fat guy who's the spokesman for him on CNN all the time. I'm who, not sure who, what his name is. He, he dresses pretty nice. He's got the sport coats with like the the gingham shirts, and mm-hmm. he looks like he's you know 
stuffed into a, like a three sizes too small sport coat all the time. Uh-huh. I'm a fat guy talking about a fat guy. I could talk about fat guys. He's per- a fat guy. Person of size. <laughs> <laughs> He's a guy who struggles with weight normalcy issues, normative weight issues. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, watching him squirm is just beautiful for me. Watching him try to justify this. Oh, well, well, it's just a suggestion. Yeah, proposal. That's just a suggestion. Just, it's just fucking verbal gymnastics. Also, the blonde on CNN, Kaylee McEnany, uh, Anderson Cooper asked her the very same thing about the wall and whether it was a suggestion. And this is how it went down. When you hear Trump, on a, I think it was on Fox, saying, well, that was a suggestion banning Muslims. Uh, does that raise concerns for you at all that it seems sort of it doesn't is he backtracking now for a general election it doesn't because here's the thing you have certain policies that are an end and certain policies that are a mean for instance pro-life uh, overturning roe v wade that's an end that we want to achieve the muslim ban was never an end in itself it was a means to securing this so nation. does he want a ban on muslims or does he not want no because a ban that that's not the that has never been his end policy goal is keeping muslims out of this country right, but his do end we know, policy goal is think, protecting our borders and that it, was the means he suggested to that end but is he going to I just don't understand. Is he going to pursue, and maybe we don't know this, but I mean, do you think he is going to pursue a temporary ban on Muslims entering the U.S., or do you think he's not? He is going to suggest that. He is going to say, this is what I think <laughs> needs to be done to secure the border. I assume he would talk with the FBI director and get the FBI so director's input. So is the building input. a wall? Is that a suggestion, too? No, I don't think so. That's an end in and of itself. I think that's an end <laughs> policy, not a means policy. I don't think that that is at all negotiable. I think that that's something that is a cornerstone of his campaign. The Muslim ban is a way to protect this country. Which Right. So the Muslim ban, yeah, just a suggestion. I don't know if people watch CNN, but she's on there all day, yeah. and she's defending him just literally all day. I mean, it's exhausting. Well, I don't know how she does it. Defending the most ridiculous things, she has to contort her her ethos in a in a pretzel like fashion in order to 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 maintain her alignment personally with Donald Trump. I mean, she does this for hours. Goddamn. Hours. Yeah. And she must I mean, he's doing something for her, right? He's paying her well <laughs> oh, or something. I don't know if she's on the payroll. CNN certainly is paying her. Well, she has to be getting something else out of this because this is Well, his hands are huge, Brittany Page. <laughs> Because this, it can't be enjoyable for her, is what I'm saying. No, I, that's what I mean. These, these, you know, the the guy who's weight challenged or whatever the fuck we're calling him now. All these people, I think he is a paid Trump guy, but they've got to be just like, oh goddamn, this today, really? Now you're gonna do this to us? Like it's it goes beyond normal political talking points and juggling and and trying to spin. It goes beyond that. It's it's wacky. Yeah, and I would just like to say that I'm trying to encourage the bias-free language to make Chris happy, so. Chris from The Radical Therapist. Yes. Right. Uh, All right. Well, we hope you are not unhappy. What would be the, I don't want to say, I don't want to create an environment where people who are unhappy get, get, feel bad when I talk about happy people. So we hope we made you mildly in tune with the universe today, audience. (laughs) This will be it. We're going to wrap up this show. 
of I Doubt It with Dollamore. <laughs> we we love you. We love everyone. So those of you who don't feel like you're totally loved, you are totally loved. It, I can't. Do I don't it. understand what's happening. Yeah, right I don't now. know. Well, can't, it's please, freaking me fucking out. Everybody. Some people are fatter than others. Some people are <laughs> overweight, and if we call them fat, they're fat. I'm a fat guy. I shouldn't be as heavy as I am. Oh, something bad. Am I happening. morbidly obese? No. Am I fatter than I should be? Yes. If I call a guy or hear someone called fat, it doesn't make me feel bad. Maybe it would motivate me to walk more or start running again you know, to not be so fat. I don't understand what is happening right now. God but damn. you seem to be dealing with something, so we maybe, can talk about it later. Maybe if you I need should to. go see the radical therapist, <laughs> Chris. I think you should. Uh, be looking out for me, buddy. I'll be calling you. All right, we are going to end the show. We hope we made you happy. We hope we gave you some talking points to move into your week with to talk to those Donald Trump supporters. I don't want this to become what the show is solely about, but goddamn, we are in a critical point in American history, in world history, if our two choices are Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. So... Join with us. If you have something to add, please do. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you. We appreciate you. If you would like to support the show other than listening twice a week or as often as you do, go to dollamore.com and on the left-hand side of the page, there's a link that says support the show. When you click that link, there is not a link that says go rate and review the show, although there will be soon. I'm going to have to start doing that. But you will find a link to our Amazon affiliate site, PayPal and Patreon. Those are all awesome ways to support us and helping us make videos on YouTube and helping us make podcasts. We appreciate you. You guys are the best. Until next time, for Brittany Page... I am Jesse Dollamore, and this is Ben. I doubt it. Are you going to let the devil rape your children, America?